Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Girl Powerful podcast. On today's episode, we talk with Joy Corrigan, a model and actress who is thriving right now, and it's in part to her uncovering her truth. With the recent breast implant removal, Joy opens up about her intuition and actually listening to it. So in a world full of marketing ploys and misinformation, we really need to be in charge of asking what's in our favorite products and if it's helping our minds and bodies or harming them. One thing we want you to look at is your skincare. So Teddy and I recently spoke to Brie Western. She's the co-founder of Skin Journey, and she gave us tips on how to turn your skincare routine into a self-love ritual. Some of her tips are by shifting your mindset, by taking care of your skin as an investment in your future self, and by fitting your skincare routine into your schedule before you get too tired. Find out all the tips on our Instagram, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. We're two sisters on a mission to entertain and educate by learning from women who live a purpose-driven life. Be sure to subscribe and rate our podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. Today, we have model, actress, and philanthropist Joy Corrigan. She is an it girl in Hollywood right now, gracing the covers of magazines, walking the runways, and sharing her art with the world. Today, Teddy and I want to take a deep dive into how Joy taps into her intuition and decided to live out her purpose. Joy, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited and um, I can't wait to talk about where I'm at today and how I got here. Yeah, just so like the people listening know, um, we recently discovered you're one of 10 children. Yes, that's right. And like to fast forward to your life now, you know, Miami, New York, now you're in LA, you have this huge platform Tell us what it was kind of like and like when you were a younger girl, how you had the confidence to go for your dreams. So, so yeah, I'm number four out of 10. My parents, they had 10 children, six boys, four girls. Um, Kind of rewinding back, I grew up in North Carolina on a farm and we, my parents are religious and we grew up super religious. We didn't have a TV in our house and we didn't have, uh, we, we didn't, we're homeschooled. So I didn't want go to school. Um, yeah. So my days pretty much consisted of 
playing with the animals, feeding the horses, riding them and um, painting. And I just, I really would just hang out with my siblings. I had a great childhood. We were really poor. Um, my, I remember we would drink powdered milk sometimes and we would just, I didn't realize how poor we were though, because my parents, they really made sure that we had enough food. And then as I got a little bit older, um, I realized that we were just getting goodwill and hand-me-downs and that was our life, you know? So I always wanted to kind of do more and go further. And I remember like, I, I don't know how, but I got a hold of some magazines and they were like Vogue and Harper's Bazaar and some high fashion magazines. And I hid them under my bed because they weren't, we weren't allowed to have magazines and I would pull them out when no one was around and I would look at the models and the actresses on the covers and I would say, man, I want to be like this one day. And that was my dream from very early age. I, I thought, I want to go far. I want to do something. And I always had that dream in the back of my head. So that's kind of where it all started from. And I think there's a lot to do with the fact that, you know, I'm one of 10. So I I feel like I really wanted, now that I look back at it, attention, right? There has to be that sort of aspect of attention and competition to kind of be seen or do well, that whole acceptance part too, because that I feel like I a lot of young girls have. Yeah, it's interesting to have that layer within your family and at your, at your home, you know, looking and seeking for attention from your parents or maybe, you know, your oldest sibling or whoever you wanted to impress. Has that always just like been natural to have a little bit of competition in you? Because I don't really feel like you end up on the covers of magazines without having that drive and that competitive spirit. Yeah, that there's the the competition aspect but then there's also the I'm going to prove everyone wrong aspect too I think that's kind of where it started for me because um I was a homeschool loser and well who called you that who called you that that's mean yeah I know I had I had um we would go to church every Sunday and Wednesday and you would think that you know, church kids would be nice, but they were the worst. And that was my only socialization that and um, some people on the farm, like we would go to this, I did karate too. So my only socialization was karate in church. And the kids that I would meet, they were just they were super mean. And I was called things like homeschool loser and buck tooth because I had crooked teeth. And um, I, I was made fun, fun of because of the way I looked people at church, they had a nickname for me and it was horse. And they said, I look like a horse. And, um, I didn't even realize how bad it was until like I was 14, 15, 16. That's the age when I realized kids were just really mean. And I felt so ugly. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to be a model and actress and get that, you know, I'm going to show them that I can be beautiful. And um, I think that's kind of where it started. Now, it's not that way anymore because I've done a lot of inner work and yeah. I don't, now I don't 
care as much what people think on the outside world, but it, it did start from that, that, hey, mm-hmm. I'm going to prove people wrong. I can do this. And yeah, it, it was kind of a tough childhood in that in that aspect. Yeah. Isn't that crazy that, you know, those comments, like we're here like 30 years later talking about it and it's just so ingrained in your brain and it hurts and can bring to like tears to your eyes because you're just kind of like, geez, I didn't deserve that. I was just a little kid. I was just a girl doing my best. Do you know what I mean? It's like pretty harsh how kids, we used to work with kids in LA and like Girl Powerful was all about that self-talk because you can't control other people and what they're saying to you, but you can control how you take it and how you kind of like push it off. And then you build your self-talk and your self-worth. So how did you kind of do that? Like, I feel like that's probably a part of your story is, is combating the negative self-talk with the positive self-talk. Yeah. So, um, I think always just when you hear people saying negative things, it's going to go to your head, right? So like, it's hard to ignore it, but what you have to do is just like reinforce the positive thoughts. And so, I mean, right, even today I struggle with, I think we all do negative self-talk in our head and it's kind of our default mode that our brain goes to um, when we're just relaxing or when we're stressed or whatever it is, unless we're intentionally thinking positive thoughts we're going to go to a negative place as humans. It's part of the survival. So I think how I've kind of really helped myself recently more so is stopping the thought. I'm like, oh, hey, I look in the mirror and I think this negative thought about the way I look and I stop myself and I'm like, no, I'm going to focus on the beautiful things that I have. I'm going to focus on what I'm grateful for and just redirecting that thought. And it's it's a lot of work, yes, but man, is it powerful. It really can shift your entire day. So when you're getting in the shower and you look in the mirror and you see yourself and you're not the way that you want to be, which happens to all of us, right? Even models and actresses who are so-called the perfect um, body. I, I look in the mirror and I'm like, wow, you know, I, I need to work out more. And then I'm like, wait, whoa, 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 stop. I'm beautiful. I'm healthy. I love, and I find one thing I love about myself, right? Whether it's like, I love how, um, and I, and I try to find things that it's not to do with my parents too. Like, I love how I worked out yesterday that I'm so proud of myself for not eating past seven. That's like (laughs) a new goal I've set. Right. So like, I'm finding things, um, that I'm proud of that I can think about myself that is positive and it kind of just completely shifts the way that I love myself and that power that I give myself and instead of putting myself down. So that's kind of how I've been working with myself on the negative thought patterns and it kind of shifts into all of your life. So if I have um, a thought about, let's say a client that I'm working with, oh, they haven't gotten back to me. They must not like me. You know, we can go down that rabbit rabbit hole of why we're not good enough or whatever it is. And just stopping that thought pattern and be like, oh, they must be busy. They love me. Um, they're they're going to get back to me. I bet as soon as I wake up, that email is going to be in my inbox, you know, and just shifting that really 
um, it really helps you to, I don't know, almost manifest these things that you're thinking about. That's so important to like, instead of living like doomsday, what's the worst thing that could happen? And you stop it and you switch it. It almost feels like you already have it. So like when you're saying that about like your client, you're like, oh, they're just busy, but they love me. (laughs) Like (laughs) I'm going to get an email tomorrow. Well, I always like to say that like to myself or like when I want to do like a meditation gig, I'm like, oh, I'm getting a good email tomorrow. You know, like I already know it's happening or it's in the works. And that always helps because, you know, we do live in this fight or flight mode every day. And like you said, for survival, that's just how we were like programmed to be. And that's how society, you know, it's like with the seasons and everything It's like, sometimes we just need to rest and relax, but society and our phones and everything makes us not be able to, to be in our natural like cycle and sync. So so true. That's good. And then another thing, when you were saying, like, when you look into the mirror for positive self-talk, sometimes I like beat my body up and then, but then I have been telling myself recently, like, this is the youngest you'll ever be like today, (laughs) you know, like the prettiest, whatever is like, I love myself, but it's like, also it's like, why waste time looking in the mirror, like tearing yourself apart, like go out and enjoy this day. Right. Yeah, um, focusing on being present is really important because yes, we are the old, the youngest, but we're also the oldest we will ever be, right? In that moment, if we mm-hmm. if you think about it, so you know, just being grateful and being present and really living life, and that's another thing that I've been working on recently that's helped me so much is not living in fear of the future or regret of the past, but be trying to be present. And, um, you know, I think as powerful women who are our own bosses, you know, and who are in this in, or any industry, we tend to just have this fear of the future or we're just like, and once we get there, we're going to be happy, but we don't let ourselves be happy where we're at. And it's almost like that competition aspect, right? Because when we're competing against ourselves or others, we're like, we won't let ourselves feel that joy or happiness until we get to this goal that we've set for ourselves. Um, it's, it's like, okay, well, you know, if I let myself be happy here, then I, then I won't go forward anymore. That fear of not being as competitive. And that's not the case. It's actually completely opposite because we are never going to be living in the future. We're only going to be ever living presently. So we are going to live our entire life being unhappy, wanting only to let us have that happiness when we so-called reach this certain goal that is always changing. This goal is always a new goal. Or once we hit that mark, we're like, well, once we hit that next mark, we'll be happy. Yeah. Next thing you know, we're we're 90 and we lived an unhappy life. So. I know. I feel like humans need to realize that the present moment is a gift and like the journey to those goals is just as important as getting to the goal and I feel like those goals always are constantly shifting and moving and maybe they don't come into reality so you're like waiting on this ship to come in you know like come come and get me and no one's coming to get you no one's coming to save you you got to have fun 
with yourself, open your heart and your mind. And like you, I like that you have art as part of your, your existence. I think that's really beautiful and a feminine thing to be a creator. And I kind of wanted to just shift into our conversation about intuition and trusting that because I think the question would be, and this is, is like, where, where do you find that silence? Like to, to feel into your body and feel into your core. And when you're in a meeting, you're not like in the middle of the woods. Like it's not always accessible to be like hiking the Santa Monica mountains to download all the information you need to get. Like if you're in a boardroom or if you're on a photo shoot and something doesn't feel right, like how does that come into your body? Are you feeling it? Is it thoughts? Like I kind of want to hear like what that feels like for you. And then how do you express it? Because I feel like a lot of our throat chakras are closed and no one ever wants to ask us our opinions. So how do you speak up for yourself, especially like in an industry like in Hollywood? Yeah, no, for sure. So for me, this is a tool that I've been sharpening for a while, just listening in and checking in with my intuition, my body and my thoughts. So I think as um, beautiful woman, we we really have this power to know. We have this gift of intuition. And it's one of the most beautiful things. And I've only realized this in my 30s, actually, because for years, I would listen to outside voices and I would listen to other people. And um, the thing is that we actually know we deep down, we know what's best for ourselves more than anyone else. And, um, and it's good to get advice on certain things and check in with other people and get opinions. But deep down, we are we really do know what's best for ourselves. And when someone else recommends something, we know like, oh, yeah, that sounds right. Because we already know, right? Or oh, no, that sounds wrong. So I think for me, what really started to help me is I was in this toxic relationship during COVID and I was very unhappy. And so I was very unhealthy mentally, physically, and this whole thing of just like, I thought it was the end of my life, right? And my end of my career. And it was all to do with me just living in this fight or flight mode and state. So what I had to do is, for some reason, I had to survive by journaling, meditating, all these things that I've never done in my life before this point. Um, I had to kind of go in within myself. It was the only place that was safe and that was loving. And how did you, who, how did you figure that out though? Why? What, like, I know like the feeling low and dark. But like, how did you get that concept? Like, I oh, think I, I need to- I just it. was searching outside myself for anything, any type of like, so I started reading books, listening to podcasts on self-help, right? And I was like, I need, I need something. And I, and I came across this journal that was like the six minute journal or something like that. And that kind of, <laughs> kind of um, was the first step, right? It, now I journal outside of that, but just prompt that gives, it gives you three prompts. What are you grateful for? What are you going to do that day? That's amazing. And some affirmations. So it kind of started me shifting me into this mode of checking in with myself and changing my mindset. And so 
And then I also started meditating for the first time. And it was like a couple minutes a day. It started, it was super hard, but um, that all of this kind of started to let, let me respond to myself and listen to myself for the first time. And that's when I noticed, hey, I deserve better and I can do it. I can, I'm strong enough to get out of this situation, this toxic relationship. And that's when I did. And it did, it was, took me months. It wasn't easy, but I. Well, I think that's, it's a lifelong journey, right? Because even if you're not in that relationship anymore, other stresses show up, like everything's just not always, you know, fairyland so it's like having those tools of journaling meditation eating clean working out all the things you're doing are just compounding and making your life easier because you're in alignment with your highest self so then all the stresses and you know factors that come in that maybe aren't so perfect they don't affect you the same way because you're stronger I 100% agree and I think that comes down to listening to your intuition. How can you hear your intuition? If you're constantly distracted, you're distracting yourself with your phone, your emails, your TV. I think we we tend to like to distract ourselves because then we don't have to face our reality and we don't have to listen to our intuition because we're afraid that if we listen to ourselves and we that, that we might have to do the hard thing. And, um, it, it might, it might be hard and we like to, we like the easy way out. Um, we like to listen to other people because then we can blame other people if it doesn't work out. Right. Um, so I think just spending that, you know, sometimes it's even the 10 minutes in the morning of silence without distractions is so important. And so making that a daily habit is one of the most valuable things that I've learned it's just check in with yourself. Hey, how do you feel? You know, like um, bringing your heart rate down, breathing and just um, feeling your body and saying, hey, what do I feel about this? Let's say you have a question like, should I go to Japan for this thing or whatever? You know, um, check in with your body. Where do you feel in your body? How do you feel about it? Does it make you excited? Does it make you feel a little bit weird and, and, and uncomfortable and why, you know, why are you feeling uncomfortable? Is it a good uncomfortable? So just really listening to your body and your, and your soul and your mind and, and, you know, checking in with yourself is so important. Anytime that you're making a decision um, or needing help. So I think that's so important. Yeah, I like that. I like that accountability factor is like we push off that accountability so we can blame others. But I think like, as you really grow into who you are, if it felt right to you and you did it and maybe it didn't work out, I feel like I would feel a little less guilt because I'm like, well, I listened to myself. It felt right. It didn't work out, but you know, that's, that's that. That's not how it always works. You know, it's not always a win. So I, I just kind of like the idea of following your intuition, working on yourself, being in alignment so that you can ask yourself those questions like, should I do this and sit in that silence for the answer and then do it. And then it's just, it is what it is, right? You're just kind of like, well, that was my decision, but I didn't let X, Y, and Z influence it. So 
I can handle that. I can handle that rejection or whatever didn't land, you know? Yeah. And it's, you're sharpening that tool, right? Every time that you follow your intuition, you're sharpening it. So it gets more clear because, um, just like failure is not a bad thing also too. It's, it's a, how we get where we are. We need failure to learn, to grow. And, um, failure is, is beautiful. It's, it's honestly what makes us who we are. And without it, we won't be able to know what to do next. And I think I've had a lot of failures and I wouldn't be here with you guys today talking about this if I hadn't made all those mistakes. I'm a firm believer in failure redirecting you to something that's more aligned with your purpose. But I think if someone wants you to go to Japan, you should always say yes. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. (laughs) But that was so powerful and beautifully said. So thank you, Joy. And then we always end every podcast with the question, what makes you feel the most alive? Ooh. I feel like what makes me feel the most alive is when I'm present and when I'm painting because that's when I'm most present, when I'm creating. I love your work. Tell us, you said when you were growing up, that was one of your forms of expression was painting. Did you take a break or have you always painted throughout your career? Um, I go in and out of painting, but I started painting when I, before I could walk. So, Mm. um, yeah, it's always been a passion of mine, but sometimes I'll go months without doing it. If I'm very busy on a project, an acting project or traveling the world and I don't have my supplies. Yeah. <laughs> In the last year, I've done a lot of paintings. I've gotten really back into it. So it's, it's exciting. It's beautiful. Really beautiful. If you want to find it on Instagram, it's Deja Hugh. You yeah. can find it tagged on Joy's account, but I love the the like is it a lion with the crown yep it reminds me of my dog my German shepherd it looks just like him oh really (laughs) (laughs) it sparked some joy with me when I was looking through your paintings but it's so fun and vibrant I love it thanks so much well thank you so much for having me and um I'm so excited to you know continue following the journey of you two sisters who are you know, have this amazing bond. It reminds me of the bond that I have with my sister and it's beautiful. And you can do so much together when you have someone by your side like that. I love that. Thank you, Joy. Tell everybody where they can find you. What's up next for you? Follow along on your journey too. Of course, you guys can find me on Instagram at Joy Corgan and I'm going to be posting my journey and all the things I'm going through. So hopefully you can find find me there and and feel free to reach out at any point and dm me i check my messages so yay so fun thank you joy i really appreciate your time you're lovely thanks you're happy you guys are lovely so lovely <laughs> thanks joy bye bye thanks to our guest for more information on her see the show notes Please hit subscribe if you have not already. That way a new episode is delivered directly to your feed every week.